You're listening to the Brand Builders Lab podcast, episode 35. Welcome to the Brand Builders Lab podcast. We're learning how to create an epic brand, find the right marketing strategies that work, and building your business is a constant evolution, classroom, and lab. Each week, we'll be diving into all things brand and marketing with special guests and solo episodes to help you build your business brand and big idea. Hey, 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 welcome back to the podcast. Awesome to have you here. And I am excited to share this week's episode with you. I know that I've had some really great interviews on the podcast in the last couple of episodes. I hope you caught last week's episode with Hannah from Lovely. I absolutely loved out her chat. And I am currently obsessed with all things hard truth. So what does that mean? It means that I'm asking my guests, like, what did they not know? What was the hardest thing they went through? What is their advice for other entrepreneurs just starting out? What have been some of the hard lessons? And I kind of feel like it's really important for us to talk about these things because I do think that entrepreneurship and small business ownership has really been, I guess, glorified and, you know, everybody thinks it's the thing to do. But as many of my guests talk about, they had no idea when they started out how hard it would be. They had no idea that it would take them several years before they were profitable and they were paying themselves and all of the learning curves that happen in between. And I am really, really focused on sharing those stories with you because I think it's super important. I think that if you want to build this business and you want to do what you really love and create this thing out of nothing, then it's really important for us to do it in a way that we have full transparency of what we're about to get ourselves into, what it takes to be successful, and some of the lessons that others have learned along the way that we can learn from. So honest conversations and hard truths about business is one of my key content pillars that I want to talk about on this podcast. And generally, I want to talk about it on Instagram. I want to talk about it on Facebook. Uh, But, you know, like Hannah said last week, she had no idea how hard it was going to be. But at the end of the day, we wouldn't have it any other way. This is such an amazing opportunity. So I really hope that the podcast interviews that you listen to give you some insight, spur you on, but also, I guess, show you where you can be shifting and changing to learn from what others have been through in the past. So today's episode is no different. I have Rian Allen, who is the founder of The Healthy Mummy, which is a mega community in Australia and now in the UK and soon to be in the US of mums who are really learning how to take care of themselves, learning about good nutrition, about feeding not only themselves but their families in a really healthy way. Uh, I joined the Healthy Mummy a little earlier this year. The community is amazing. They have over 1 million uh, mums on social across their platforms. And Rianne talks today about how they she built this business, um, some of the lessons that she learned, what she ensures is number one that makes them successful. Uh, and also we talk about the financial journey. We talk about how long it took for her to get become profitable, uh, you know, how she sold her house, she quit her job, 
and what that journey was like. So I hope that you enjoy this episode. I loved this chat with Rihanna. I think she's amazing. I can't wait to see what she does because she's a woman on a mission um, and she's so generous with her time and she's so focused on her community and I really love seeing it. She really inspired me today when we had this conversation as well. So without further ado, let's dive in and I hope you really enjoy this. Rianne, welcome to the Brand Builders Love podcast. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, pleasure, pleasure. Now, I actually joined The Healthy Mummy this year. Oh, which, wow. Which has been great. Um, just, I find it quite amazing how big your community is. And I was really, really inspired by a lot of the interviews that I watched of you um, and a lot of the shoots that the mums were on and so much happening in your community. But for those of my audience I, who are living under a rock and don't know the healthy mummy, because I kind of feel like you're everywhere, but maybe that's just because I'm in your community. Can you give us a bit of an overview about the business and who it's for and what you do? Sure. So it's all about empowering mums to live a healthier life. That's our kind of catch line. That's what we focus on all the time. And that's, you know, really from getting healthy, could be losing weight, could be needing more energy, could be just help cooking because cooking's always hard, right? You know, it's hard when you're single, when you've got a family, you've got extra mouths to feel, you know, and you want to set a good example to your family as well. I think that's a really important thing that we try to focus on because I think a lot of, you know, health or wellness or weight loss programs will just focus on you as an individual and that's very broad because we're all different right and we all have different needs and different lives where I was with a healthy mummy from the day I started it it was all about four mums by mums and understanding what it's like to be a mum because your life changes so much after you've had kids everything changes and I don't think women who haven't had children fully understand it like I talk to to women who haven't had kids and they nod and they agree, but they don't really know. They don't know how much it actually changes. So I think, you know, for our business, it's all about catering for you as the mum, but understanding that as the mum, you're the head of your family, you know, so you don't want a program that's just for one individual. It has to fit into your entire family's life. Otherwise, it's in the too hard basket straight away and it means that you're not going to stick doing it. So for us, it's about, you know, we always say it's busy, tired mums who are our audience. I don't think you ever lose... Not all mums. No. Well, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but I find that, you know, we have a lot of staff working for us and I, find, I tell them this all the time because if you're not a mum, you don't understand how busy and tired all mums are. So I, I feel like I, I'm quite repetitive in what I, and what I say to that to people because I think you need that repetition, certainly from a staff perspective. So they understand when they're creating recipes, when they're creating you know, ideas, does it work for a busy, tired mum? Because if it doesn't, I'm not interested in it because my attention span is like, you know, five seconds because I'm busy and I'm tired. So if it's not going to work for me, I'm not going to put it out there to our community. So that's a quite a rambled answer. But yes, it might to live a healthier life, but um, across, all, across, across all kinds of avenues of their life as well. And so how big is the community now? Like, so you've got um, your Facebook groups and then you've got your membership as well. Yes. Are they the main two sort of groups within your yes. business? 
So we have, um, we've got lots of groups. So um, we've, across all social media, we've got one and a half million, which is quite crazy. And um, within our private groups, where most of the chat goes on, we've now got 400,000 or just over 400,000. And our is group. this globally? Yeah, so we launched in the UK um, in April. And um, so it's, you know, obviously, the UK is you know, relatively small next to Australia because it's been in Australia for eight years now. Um, but the Australia, absolutely, the, the UK part is very is gathering speed very quickly now. So, uh, you know, I think our UK community, our closed group is, I think it's about 35,000 now. And, and that's growing really quickly, really quickly as wow. UK mums kind of, um, you know, find us and discover us and they can, oh, this is quite cool. So, um, but yeah, it's 400,000 everywhere with about 35 currently in the UK for the private groups. Wow. That, I mean, that is amazing considering you only just launched this year. Yeah, I know. That was in April, April. Yeah. So, and, um, and I think that for us when we launched in the UK, it was about, you know, really doing it in a way that was really respectful to the to a UK mum because you don't want someone coming in going hey look at me I'm I'm successful in Australia as a business now come and buy it so that's not what we wanted to do it was about building the community and the brand in the same way which is not an over it's never an overnight success it's always hard work and time and respecting the audience and I think that's how you know we've always done it in Australia and I was really like kind of you know. I suppose obsessed about <laughs> obsessed is the word I would describe about doing it the same way in the UK so that people didn't see us as just you know an international business coming over and saying come and buy us because that's not what we are because we are so much more than just a business so you know a business is really you know someone you transact with someone I'm going to buy that and I'm going to go and do that and we're not that sure we have transactions going on but we're a community and we're yeah. something so much more depth to it than just a transaction so let's kind of dive back. So you said you've been in Australia for eight years. So what were you doing before you started the Healthy Mum? Sure. So um, the Healthy Mummy. Healthy Mummy. Yeah. <laughs> so um, I had previously been working in media. So I was um, sales. I was well, my last role, which was ACP Media, which is now Bauer um, Media, which is I was sales director of one of the, of um, one of the divisions there. So it was kind of on I was working long hours like 13 14 sometimes 15 hours a day like regularly plus weekends full-on role um, you know sit very senior role lots of stress lots of responsibility and um, you know paid really well which was great and I'd been in that media industry for 12 years so I'd been in London and then I'd moved to Australia about 13 years ago and then I, I, I got this job so it was, um, you know, I suppose I was conditioned to work hard. I've always been conditioned to work hard. So that's something that's never kind of fazed me. Uh, but it wasn't something I was passionate about. It wasn't something that I woke up in the morning and went, yippee, I'm doing something great with my life and it's, you know, worthwhile. I'm helping people. None of that business. Um, but I had a real interest for fitness and nutrition and health. It was, it was something that um, I always had an interest in. In my last two years in my old job, I started studying nutrition online um, just to kind of because I just really was interested in it. And I learned so much about how, you know, um, I suppose I say weight loss companies or any kind of company 
puts out information around that that kind of field and it's so fad based and it's so not based on good nutrition because for good nutrition you have to have a balanced approach you have to because everything else is just short approach and it's not good for your metabolism it's not good for your body so i learned all of this stuff and i just just fascinated me even more really um but i didn't know what to do with my learnings i mean you know I, I wasn't a nutritionist because nutritionist you'd have to go to university for four years and it was something that just interested me and then um, I became pregnant with my first little boy and um, I suppose I was at that crossroads because I'd seen so many women in corporate life go back to corporate life after they had kids and you know to be perfectly honest they weren't treated particularly well you know it's a very very difficult um, thing what well, I'd seen from my own experience and talking to a lot a lot of people and friends um, you know lots of discrimination around very difficult to return to a previous role if you did want to return to a previous role um, be prepared not to be at home very much and see your, your children and stuff like that so I'd seen all these things over my many years in in my career and I was kind of like I don't want to have that for my child I want to be around um, and I you know and I so I, I knew that I yeah I didn't want to go back and do that kind of thing so and then with my nutrition I was learning about all that and then I'm pregnant and I'm gaining weight it's a new thing for me I hadn't I hadn't really happened to me before um, and I started talking and researching and I realized there was nothing that actually helped mums get healthy and regain their body confidence in and their pre-pregnancy weight after they had kids there was lots of I suppose you know, boot camp style things yeah. in different places, but there was no holistic approach which looked at a mum after they had kids, no matter where they were, no matter where they were in Australia, and offered them a 360, I suppose, support network program that was, you know, nurturing as opposed to get up and do it now, get up and start exercising and just do it. There's lots of like personal trainer style programs which shout at you, and I'm like, that's not what, you know, it's not what I get from response to. <laughs> <laughs> and it's not what you know not really how you want to start your day <laughs> no, I think that, you know as I said you know mentioned to you before when you become a mum everything changes and I think the biggest thing is you're exhausted and you know especially in that first couple of years or maybe you know a lot longer depending on how your child sleeps your sleep is so disrupted you're so tired the last thing you want is someone telling you you have to eat 1200 calories a day and you have to exercise an hour and shout at you if you don't do it so um and that's you know from a lot of research i did that's why so many mums and women just like it's not for me i'm not gonna i'm not gonna try and lose weight or i'm not gonna get healthy because it's too hard it's too hard everything is too hard and um i started going what's well, not you know what i know so um it's all about balance it's about a long-term approach it's about kind of not restricting 1200 or 1000 calories it's about fitting in little bits of exercise rather than trying to do it all an hour it's about making it work for you and your life so that it becomes a lifestyle rather than the short sharp painful process where you want to stick pins in your eyes <laughs> you know we didn't want to do that so um so I, I kind of this was like well when I was pregnant and at six months pregnant I've made the decision I'm gonna do it so um I kind of quit my job which was you know it was a big job everyone thought I'd gone a bit crazy because I had been in that role for seven years and it was a, a really you know highly paid job um sold my house so 
So my husband like backed me wow. 100%. So I remember being like at the auction, like heavily pregnant because I was eight months pregnant when we sold the house and went through and like panicking that no one was going to buy it, but they did, thankfully. Um, and then I started the business on the 1st of October, 2010. So it was really just that, I think it was a blind, and I really mean blind because I had no idea what I was getting myself, my, you know, myself into, self-belief that I would make this work. And that even if I didn't make it work, um, if it all flopped and it didn't happen, I could go back and do my old job. Well, not that job because I quit from it, but I could do other jobs in that field. But I just felt that I have to I have to do something I believe in. I have to do something I'm passionate about, which was doing this. I felt this was a really good thing that would actually help um, women and mums. And also it would enable me to be a mum who was around watching my kids grow up and be with them. And so what was the conversation you had with your husband? Because I think a lot of women go through this. Like I've had a lot of friends who have been in really senior high positions and yeah. have, you know, had the kids and really not wanted to go back to work. But it's such a huge shift financially for a business or for a couple to lose one income because, yeah. you know, it takes a while to get that revenue up again. So what was the conversation you had with your hubby? He's amazing. He was so supportive of me and, you know, and, and he, he, he believed in me. And I think that, you know, as you mentioned, there's a lot of high profile women, you know, in senior positions, if you've got yourself to a senior position, you must be smart. So you have to back yourself. And I'm a huge believer in backing yourself because I think all of us individuals can achieve so much if we back ourselves. And I think there is that fear, always that fear of I'm going to lose the money. And But I was kind of like, you know, yes, I'm going to sell my house. I could lose it all. And in a year's time, I could be knocking on, you know, my old job's door going, could you want me back? And I've lost all my house money and it's been a disaster. But I thought even if that happened, um, you know, I've tried, you know, and, and it's only money. And I know I say that flippantly, but I'm like, I can earn more money. You know, I'm not an idiot. I'm a smart person. I've proved over my career that I can, I can get to a top job and I can earn money. And I kind of thought I'm going to take away that fear of failing because even if what's the worst thing is that I lose all my money, but I can earn money back again, you know, and I, I just, and my husband was, was fab. He believed in me. He knows I'm like, you know, um, was but ambitious and you know I'm very focused and dedicated and I'll give everything to something if I believe in it and so he was amazing and, and he was just like go and do it because otherwise you'll regret it you'll think all all your life you know um will it could I have done something or could I have not well at least I was going to try and if I didn't I didn't but if I did I did and so did you know what the structure what it was going to look like did you un like did you have an idea about what the products and the services were going to be like at that very beginning yeah. what was the initial kind of yeah. structure and vision yeah so at the beginning i did a whole business plan around it and i wanted it to be you know content community was the, is a top two and then i wanted to be able to sell programs as well so you know i wanted to do our 28 we started off with a 20 28 day diet and exercise plan which is a book and sometimes people post stuff on social media, the first one. I'm like, no, because it's like this garish pink you know, A4, to me, awful. But, you know, and today it's obviously a lot different, a lot more beautiful. But, you know, um, I just, and I thought I was, I thought it was amazing when I first managed to get this, this book together. Um, you know, and then um, I started working on a formula, which the, the, the smoothies actually took. Um, so much longer than I thought. I had I had never formulated, or it wasn't me formulating it. We had nutritionists on board, but I'd never been responsible for creating a product 
before, you know, and you learn so much. I mean, I've learned so much. Like, I feel like my, I've got a brain full of information of stuff that I have learned over the years, just from hands-on doing stuff. Um, it, took us, it took us, I thought genuinely that I'd be able to, you know, get a smoothie formula done and have it out the door in like a few months, you know, now nah. it took about 18 months from wow. because it was, there was so much involved, so much testing, so many people got involved and, and, um, you know, I, I, my own fault, I mean, it was a good thing, but I sent it to a variety of experts and said, feedback, give me, you know, the formula and stuff. So we made lots of changes and it was testing. Then there was, oh, it took so long. Like it takes so long to a food product, a food or medicine or anything like that takes a long time. Um, so I kind of, you know, but I always knew it was always going to be based around content, community and, um, you know, e-commerce or a product. Um, but I really wanted it to be a website and a, a content base that was open to everybody. Everyone, I remember saying, people saying to me at the beginning, why would you create all this free content for people? You know, why would you do that? Why don't you just make them pay? And I said, because a lot, a lot of people can't afford to pay. A lot of people, you know, don't have the money. And I'm all about, you know, you know, in, I was, my mindset had changed completely from that corporate life to my new life. So I wanted to help people. I wanted to do something good. You know, as opposed to being in corporate media for so long, like I said, which wasn't so good. So I wanted to open it up so that everyone could read our stuff. I wanted to, um, I wanted our brand to be trusted and for people to know that we weren't just this new business trying to flog stuff, trying to make money. We were, we were much, much more than that. So, um, you know, I've got a whole team of really expert nutritionists on post-exercise, um, postnatal exercise specialist. I got, you know, I, I literally spent like, all my money <laughs> on all that kind of stuff on, because I really wanted to show to everyone who had not, who didn't know about us because they were just, you know, finding us that we actually were trying to do something good as well as we did have a product to be purchased as well. And like today, you know, we've got over, you know, a million mums on our website every month. We do not have those mums purchasing, you know, a million products, that would be amazing, but we don't. But, you know, again, it doesn't bother me at all. We have an enormous editorial team who it costs a lot of money to, to, to pay, they're all full-time, creating content that, that people want, communities want, and it's nothing to do with um, purchasing something, it's just putting stuff out there because we're more than just a business transacting. So, um, you know, that's always been, I suppose, my kind of vision for the business from day one. And, um, and genuinely, like eight years ago, I would never have believed if someone would have told me that it would be what it is today. I just, I wouldn't, I couldn't have got my head around the fact that it does what it does today. I it is amazing. Yeah. <laughs> and so let's talk a bit about the brand marketing side of it. So you've got an idea, you're, you're getting your smoothies developed, you've, you've kind of got this content happening with professionals. What was the brand and marketing strategy? Like, was that, because obviously you had a business plan, was that something that you had sat down and crafted? Yeah, I mean, for me, it was about building a brand which was a trusted brand. So that, for me, was the biggest, most important thing because, you know, for, for any new brand, business or brand, it's, you know, for, for a consumer, like, it's who are you, what are you doing, why should I have anything to do with, with you, you know? So for me, it was really building that trust. Um, you know, with, with everyone who saw us. And that was from, you know, I, I did a lot of, I did a lot of stuff for, um, you know, um, other websites. So I was, I was writing, I was a content writer and a, and a guest writer for a lot of other people, all for free. Everything was for free. Yeah. <laughs> you know, just, just, you know, 
doing things like that to get people to start knowing me and the brand and what we did. Um, I did brand ads in magazines. So I did just, you know, this is who we are again, just reinforcing that trust. Um, on, a, on everything, I, I think you know we even had like trusted um, on the on the top of our corner. Um, we did, um, you know, I, I put out um, so many um, opportunities like free trials for mums just to use use what we did for free, just yeah. to kind of understand what we did, and then that really helped that word of mouth of people going. Actually, it's actually quite good. Um, and I think for me, you know, from day one, it was always the focus of the customer is the brand and the customer is number one. So always to this very day, I will always ask the customers and the communities, what's your feedback on this and what do you want to see? Because the customer is the most important thing to any business, but to my business and to Health Mummy, I've made it like the cornerstone of what we do. So we don't, you know, uh, you know, even create a new book cover without the customer having voted on it you know or you know if if people say you know we want a new flavor of a smoothie or a snack bar they will vote on which ones and you know, it's kind of irrelevant what i think is right or wrong because you just we, we ask the community and they will tell us so for me it was about building the brand that was trusted and just um being consistent with it so you know i would I mean, oh God, I mean, I still work exceptionally hard, but you know, it was, it was literally, you know, I was, I was doing everything as, as I think anyone does when they start a business, you wear a number of hats, but um, you know, it was, it was full on because it, it was literally me being everything to the business. I had outsourced people um, doing all the nutrition and all, all the, all those kind of people doing all, all that kind of core parts of the business. But as, as far as marketing, social media, customer service, you know, dealing with the packaging and getting out. I did it all. Like I remember in the early days, you know, I would be the one lugging things wow. to the post office and doing like five or six trips with my baby in a pram with like a pack horse, you know, with things on my back. And they used to laugh at me, the post office go, she's this crazy mum who's doing something. <laughs> um, but you know, it's about kind of, I suppose, um, never losing sight of what you're doing, why you're doing it, and just constantly. You have to, and I always say to anyone in business, you've got to be consistent. Even if you have bad days, you've got to be consistent. You can't go, I'm having a bad day today, so I'm not going to do anything on my business. You have to do it all the time. I've, I've had things when, you know, you know, I might have a terrible migraine or I'm exhausted, but it's like I still have to do my work. <laughs> I still have to do it because it's my business, and I can't go offline and I can't disappear because it's not consistent. You have to do what you do consistently. And so how long did it take you to get traction from those sort of starting out? Because I think a lot of times, you know, I do think that a lot of women sort of get into business and they think that if they're not making a million in three months, then something must be wrong. <laughs> um, and obviously for those who've been in business for a bit longer, we know that that's not the case. So how long did it take you to start making a profit or to actually just paying yourself yeah sure you know what genuinely it was three years before we turned a profit so it was um you know and that was you know when i say to you when i original part of this conversation when i said i went in blind i had no idea about that i i would have probably like nearly died. nobody ever does <laughs> and you know and i remember going this is bad like i've really used all my money <laughs> i didn't pay myself anything and i i think i think in the um I think in year four, we turned a profit. I got paid like a 50 grand salary. And I'm like, woohoo! <laughs> 
So, you know, it was, it was a long time. And I do say that to a lot of people is you can't think that when you start a business, um, you're going to make money straight away. You won't make money for a long time unless you've got some fluke product that, you know, is suddenly, which is virtually never. The unicorn every now and again. Yeah, yeah. exactly. But it's, um, you know, it took, and that three years was like, oh my gosh. I mean, that was like the hardest part of the business. Like you know, that, that run part of the business well I had a second baby in between I remember being on on um, in in hospital in labor with my second baby doing customer service questions and answering them you know and that is just what my life was like you know that that's what I did because I, as I mentioned being consistent I couldn't go sorry everybody I'm not going to get back to you um because I'm having a baby now so <laughs> <laughs> but you know and it's it's really hard and I remember when we finally turned that that corner it was it was like oh my god that's amazing but then you come into you've turned the corner and you've got to pay half of its tax and that's a whole different nightmare (laughs) (laughs) and so when you kind of got to that stage do you feel like it was because of the volume of customers that you had or do you feel like you were just managing the finances and the production and the logistics of the business better like what were kind of the things that that yeah. gave you a positive outcome? Yeah, <laughs> um, definitely. You know, um, we got an accountant on after I think about two and a half years. A prop- we had an accountant before, but he was my old accountant from my old work day. So he was a personal accountant, not a business accountant. That was a mistake. You know, we should have gone with a business accountant you know, straight away. And when we got a business accountant on, he changed, I suppose, a lot of stuff because. I didn't, I said, I didn't even know I wasn't making any money until at that stage. And he like, you know, opened my eyes and I was like, oh my God, this is terrible. Um, you know, so what it, sort of things did he point out to you though? He pointed out, you know, the gross profit margin. He, he pointed out cash flow. He pointed out, you know, if you're selling it for this and, and, you know, and then all the other costs factored into where you're actually losing money when you sell it for this amount. And, you know, and, um, so he pointed out all those kind of things and, um, I'm working on, you know, and for us, it was kind of like, for example, um, cause we, we, you know, our business is really split 50, 50 between physical products, which are all the, you know, smoothies we do and, um, supplements and books and all that stuff. And then the other side is our app, which is our um, 28 day weight loss challenge. And as he pointed out to me is that, you know, the more smoothies you sell, the, or, you know, the worse position you're actually in because the, the outlay you have to put in for the next order becomes bigger and bigger. So your cash flow requirement becomes bigger and bigger. So how are you going to pay for the next order to meet customer demand? And I was like, oh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> and I was like, so he, he, was, he was very good at making me understand the balance between the two. And, and, that, and he was explaining to me, that's why so many businesses who do retail products will go and get working capital loan or something um, or investors because the more you sell, the worse it becomes from cash flow because you have to, you know, and that's why people get payment terms and when you pay it. And I was paying when I ordered it, you know, I had it all wrong. I was, I had no idea. But, um, you know, and, and like, I suppose understanding that helped me do so much differently with the cash flow perspective. And I've never had to get a loan or gone into debt with a business at all. So having a better understanding of the monies and making sure, you know, like, for example, um, 
I have always invested, reinvested all the money back into the business, always. And, um, you know, and I get really excited about stuff. And, and if people say we're going to do, you know, we want this, I'm like, we'll do it all, we'll do it all. You know, let's all make it all happen now, you know, because I love, I'm a pleaser. And I like to please the customer and the audience and like to give them what they want. And I was at one stage having like, you know, five new things getting built in one quarter. And he was like, no, no, you can't do it. You have to space it out because you can, you're going to ruin it because you can't pay for everything. And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> so I learned a lot about that. And I think that helped me just look at the business a little bit differently and understand unit sales and the costs and, um, and the whole kind of, I suppose, um, cash flow perspective. So that we, you know, because at the end of that month, we'd always have to, you know, obviously pay out every month and paying out salaries and costs are getting bigger and bigger then um, the more smooth, you know, smoothies have, you know, obviously increased massively and we sell millions now. Um, but, you know, from now, for like from our perspective, we have just a, a separate account, cash flow account for working capital, which is all generated from the business to pay for all those bigger smoothies orders because they get bigger and bigger and bigger. And that means that the deposit to pay for them becomes bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. So it's, you know, but, it, you know, it's all things that if you don't have that background or experience, you just don't know until you start doing it, all these things. <laughs> and most women who start their businesses don't have that background. Yeah. yeah. You know, they're experts or they're great at what they do, but the accounting side of it um, and, yeah, the pricing and yeah. product management and that is a whole other thing. Now, you were just talking about the fact that you're a bit of a, you well, you're a community or customer pleaser. Now, you've got such a massive community. What do you think has made the community so successful? What is it that you do that they love? Yeah. So I think that the biggest thing is that we support them. And, you know, and that comes from listening to what their needs are and delivering on them. We have admins on around the clock. So, um, and that's an enormous cost, right? So they're all paid. No, you know, you know, sometimes see people going free admin work. Ours are all fully paid. Like, you know, and there's a lot of them. I think there's about 55 of them. Wow. And, and they're on all the time. And that for me is critical because as you would know on social media and groups today, it's not, you know, it's not nice places, right? It can become nasty and there's lots of trolling and negativity and people arguing and fighting. Now, that is totally not what the Healthy Mummy is. So the Healthy Mummy is all about building people up, empowering people, supporting people. And the only way we can really patrol that and make people feel safe in our communities is having an enormous amount of admin on, on, on hand to help and make sure that conversations are always upbeat, positive, uplifting. Have you had to deal with that before, trolling in the groups? Totally, absolutely, 100%. You know, um, I think it's inevitable. But the great thing is, is that whenever there is something, it will be up for maybe four or five minutes and it's gone, you know, and that person's removed. Um, and we're very clear with our guidelines, no negativity, no judging someone. Like, you know, I think that because people are so conditioned today to judge and to write things on social media, if they're new in the group, they think, oh, well, I'm going to, you know, someone's having a bagel. I'm going to go and rip them apart for having a bagel because a bagel's got so many calories. I'm going to tell them that, you know, make them feel bad about themselves. And that's not what we are. So, you know, we're quite strict. And you don't make someone feel bad about their food choices, you know, and n nobody wants someone giving them, you know, I know better than you because, you know, I'm an expert. And no one's an expert. It's ridiculous. And it's like, you know, we're all mums. There's no need to judge someone just because someone has a bad day and eat 10 Tim Tams. 
so what? Don't make them feel bad about it. Like, gee whiz. So for, our, for us, I think what's made our community successful is we invested heavily in the um, support and protection of that community. So when someone comes in, they feel safe and um, they're not going to get judged. Um, but if that's, that's a huge investment because that's a lot of people on all the time. And those people have a community manager who's just full-time managing. Um, and then there's a manager. For, there's, there's lots of things going on, but there's lots of um, work that goes into that to keep that community safe so that people in there, women and mums in there, feel that they can safely post without fear of criticism. and Judgment. Yeah. And so what lessons do you feel like you learned that you would pass on to other women in business? Like if you were to sort of say, what are sort of the top three or, a, you know, a few different tips where you kind of go, if you're starting a business now, these are the key things you might need, you want to think about, yeah. you know, when it comes to building your brand and building your business and operating in a good way, what sort of things have you learned? Yeah. So I think number one is always, Whatever you're doing, whatever it is you're going to create, is always place a customer as number one. Like that should be, you know, number one in anyone's plan for brand building or businesses. Because if you don't do that, and you often find that um, businesses, you see it all the time, they're in and out doing it. Sometimes they are, sometimes they aren't, and consumers can see through it. Whereas the customer is number one, so you have to place them as number one in everything that you do. I think you know if you're starting up a business. Again, you have to accept the, the, you know, the actual financial reality of doing that. So and make sure you have money, whether it's a loan, whether it's an investor, whether it's you sold your house and been crazy like me or, or you've just saved it because you, know, you earn loads of money, whatever it is, make sure you've got money because whatever you estimate or spend, it will cost a lot more because there's things that happen all the time. And even in the setup of your business, so if you know I'm going to set my business up you know, and I'm ready to go, I'm still working, don't quit your job until you've got everything set up because the amount of legal costs and setup costs that come into it before you can even start selling something can be insane depending on what you want to build. You know, there's intellectual property, which is um, I see people make mistakes with all the time. Is it like, oh, I'm going to do a business, I'm so excited, you know, and then they here's my name, I've created a new name and I'm going to put up my packaging and everything and then six months later someone comes knocking on the door saying actually you're infringing on, on my trademark and then they're like well, what does that mean? So you can't use it and then they have to rebrand, they have to scrap everything and I've known a number of people where that's been enough just to finish them and go I'm not doing that again because I've just wasted 50 grand on this kind of thing so I think making getting across all those kind of details are critical and that all comes into the money side so if you haven't get quit your job stay in your job until you until your website costs have been paid for until your IP costs are done until all your boring admin setup which takes time because unless you're a whiz kid in IT you'll have to pay someone to help you and they're all expensive you know and uh, they are they cost all of them cost money um and then when you're ready to go then quit your job so you because when your money when your salary stops you want to be able to go now I can sell whatever I'm selling um, as opposed to going quit your job and then you have to spend three months setting your business up and then the costs and then you're feeling drained and panicked because you just spent how much money by the time you've done it and I think you know lastly I think well there's so many things but the number one thing for anyone starting their business is that you have to really think about your sales strategy so how are you going to sell your product like the amount of people 
genuinely who I speak to who are really passionate and they have an idea. It could be an idea or it could be a product, right? It could be whatever it is or a serve or something. But they don't know how they're going to sell it. They don't like sales. They're like, all sales, you know, people will just find it or whatever. And they don't know. They just got the idea. And that's, you know, that to me, I'm like, oh, okay. Because it doesn't matter how good your product is. It doesn't matter any of those things. If, you, if you're not prepared to sell and embrace sales and look at it and make sure you've got a really detailed plan, no one's going to buy it because no one's going to know about it. So I think that as part of your business plan you're doing at the beginning, you have to really think, how am I going to sell what I'm doing? Because it's a consistent thing and sales is not, oh, I'll do, you know, I'll do a bit of a thing this week on sales. Sales is every single day of your life in your business because if you don't do it, someone else will be doing it better than you. So I think that you have to really think that. Um, but also, you know, on that other side of that, I'm making it sound like a nightmare. You know, <laughs> I think I'm, I'm all about frank conversations. I think it's really important and I think it's really helpful to have these conversations. Yeah. But I think that, you know, it, it depends what your goal is as well. Like if your goal is to, is to earn, you know, $5,000 a month in your business, then that's different to if your goal is to earn $100,000 a month in your business. Because if you're doing your business as just on the side and, you know, and you don't need to push it that much, then that's a different, that's a different thing. You know, I guess it really depends on your ultimate goal, what you're doing it for, how much money after tax has been paid and all your costs that have to go out, how much money do you actually want? Because then you can go, you know, you can actually go, um, I'm not going to work on the weekends or I'm really going to work three or four days a week. Like I know a business who, which I still can't get my head around it, but they do it and they're successful. And they, um, they actually shut down all of January. So you cannot buy their product in January because they have a holiday. And I'm like, I physically, as me as a person, cannot get my head around. But, and, and they, you know, and they don't mind because they're like, you know, we sell all the way up until Christmas and then we're back on February 1. And, you know, and it works for them. And they've been, you know, and they sell online. They've got product in store as well. But they, they, they don't have, you know, I'm a bit crazy with my kind of, I suppose, you know, I always, I always think about how can I do more? How can I do better, you know, approach? Um, but, you know, you don't, oh, you don't have to be like that to be successful. Yeah. And what do you, because, I mean, it took you eight years to get to where you are now. Yeah. What do you think was kind of the key thing for the UK launch that made it so successful so quickly? Like, yeah. obviously, you've learned a lot along the way. So what did you do? Community first. And okay. Friends. So that was, that was the first thing we did. So free community. Yeah, build a yeah. community. Focus on not being arrogant, not saying, woohoo, we're here. It was all about building the community, um, you know, showing that we're not just a business trying to make money we're more than a business and um and, and talking about what we've done i went over there so i went there for a month in july did a huge kind of photo shoot with mums and they could see that i was a real person you know told the story of how we did it um, and just focus on building that community and, and not try to you know just have um you know buy this buy that it wasn't like that it was all about you know, showing who we are and, and, and just, doing the, just doing the same as we did in Australia, really. And did you get a lot of media coverage when you were over there? Yeah, we've had a lot of media coverage. It's been really, really good. We've been really lucky. And um, I think we, we've got, I don't know the exact number, we've got over like 10,000 customers 
buying now, like paying and they're on the program and stuff, which is I'm, I'm ecstatic about at this, this stage to have that, um, which is amazing. And um, we literally, so we launched with our app, which is our, we did a brand new app, so um, a UK version. So it took us 12 months to build. It was a big deal. And then um, literally this week, actually I've got my first delivery here today. We launched UK smoothies. So we actually... Um, when I went over there, we had a we built or we we set up a manufacturing plant. Um, wow. Yeah, it was huge. It's been huge this year it's because for us, we couldn't feasibly ship smoothies from Australia to the UK. It's too far. Postage is a nightmare. There's VAT, import taxes. Like you know, you, you might as well not bother by the time you've got over there. Um, so for us, it was about if we're going to do the UK, we're going to have to invest heavily in actually manufacturing the products over there. So it's a huge deal. So the packaging's changed. You see it's different in the UK. There's a picture of me on the top here. Looks <laughs> um, so good. It's a lot different. Um, but for us, it was about showing as well the UK market that we're investing. We've actually, that's a huge investment for us, product investment to actually have that manufactured there. Um, I think that resonated really well and, and, and was seen as, um, you know, it's a lot more than just someone trying to make a quick buck. We, you know, I've heard of a lot of people with apps and they've just replicated their app and the same one overseas. And then you lose a lot of the um, authenticity about what you do. So for us, it was, uh, we're going to build a UK app and it's going to be um, not the Australia app. So we actually have a UK app in the app store and an Australian app in the app store. And next year we're doing the US, which I... You know, I was about to say, what's next? So we're doing the US next year, which is... But it's, Wow, it's scary. But um, but we just we we've just done the plans for it. We're working through. We'll do it the same way as we did the UK. So and we're just setting up UK office now. So um, because we've managed most of it from Australia, but with staff over there working from home, and now we're going to set up our own office over there. So um, we're doing that. Hopefully that'll be done next month. And then that means that the UK guys, I mean, the Australian guys, do all the setup, then move on and focus on the US setup. So it's all, it's all a bit what, mad. What a massive market to hit. The US is going to. <laughs> I'm a bit scared. I'm a bit scared. I'm oh, sure. well, I'm sure that the success you've had in Australia and the UK will follow in the US. I can't even begin to imagine you hitting that kind of market because it's just yeah. so big. But I'm sure that they will love it as well, um, you know, as much as everybody else has. But for those people who are walking the dog or walking the kids to school or doing whatever, where can they find out more about the business, Fran? Sure, so they can just go to healthymummy.com and all the information on the business is there. And then, um, and yeah, I also do like a little businessy kind of um, website, just my own little thing to help mums. It's called femalebusinesstribe.com. Female um, because I'm, I'm hugely passionate about um, helping mums in business. So I do, a lot of tips on, I do lots of tips on there as well. So if anyone's interested in tips. Awesome. No, that's great. We will have all the links in the show right. notes. Um, but thank you so much for your time. I'm so excited for you and the growth of the business. Um, I think that what you're doing is amazing and I do love the fact that the community are the ambassadors. Yeah, it's amazing. They're incredible. Like, I literally will say, you know, the community are on a pedestal and, and it's like they're, you know, it's, it's always worth you always have to look after and listen and make sure what you're doing is always what they want because they're the most important thing. Amazing. On that note, we'll leave it there, but thanks again. Perfect. Thank you so much for talking to me. It was fab. Pleasure. 
Well, I hope that you enjoyed that podcast episode. I really, really loved chatting with Rihanna. I think she's amazing and she's so down to earth. Um, and like I said before, so generous with her time. I would love to know what your big lessons were from this podcast episode. You can tag me or send me a DM on Instagram at Suze Chadwick or on Facebook at Suze Chadwick. I do love to hear, like, are you enjoying the podcast? Is there anything in particular subject-wise that you would want us to cover? If you are enjoying the podcast, I would love you to leave a review on iTunes uh, and let me know what you love about it because obviously uh, we want to make sure that we're supporting you in the right way, but also by leaving a review, you help others to find the podcast as well. So until next time, have an awesome week and I can't wait to hang out again next week with you.